You know what? I love you. You love me. We're all big one buddy family. In addition to our buddy cast family today, we have our new buddy, Mr. Bob West. You may know him if you've ever been to Chuck E. Cheese or if you've ever watched Barney as a kid. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I am so happy to have you on the show. Uh, like great I said, to be here. If you go back 23 years in time and say, I would be speaking to Barney, <laughs> jumping. I told, you, I told you the story before we, um, before we went on air. Back when I was a kid, I had these appointments in Delaware from, and from Delaware to <laughs> North Pennsylvania, I would only have my parents listen to this one cassette tape of Barney, uh. just Barney songs. <laughs> to the point where my parents got home that night, put me to bed and everything, took the cassette tape and just went crunch. Yeah, that we know we ha- we have gotten a lot of similar stories from, from parents and and from Barney fans. And uh, my apologies to parents everywhere. I've, you know, since I did Barney and I did Chuck E. Cheese, I used to say that, and I still do that. I have more more ways to annoy parents than anybody else in the world. So, you know, <laughs> but it was fun. We had fun. Yes. yes. Most definitely. So I got to start by asking, how did you find a passion for voiceover work? Uh, well, I was a weird kid. You know, I, I did voices and noises and, you know, I just love to imitate accents and dialects and, and that sort of thing. And it was, you know, it, it was just it was kind of a hobby and a sideline. And I went to I went to college and I studied art and, uh, you know, painting. And I was an abstract expressionist painter. And I, you know, was was this sophisticated artiste. And yet, at the same time, I had this other thing that I loved to do, which was voiceover was was noises and voices and stuff. And I thought, I'll try to maybe I'll try to make a living at that as well. And a friend of mine, uh, Byron Smith in uh, college at Trinity University, he had access to the this wonderful recording studio that was on the college campus. So he and I went in there and I got this demo tape that was, I think it was like two and a half minutes long and it was totally self-indulgent and totally crazy and way too long. And all these silly, I mean, I had did accents and dialects and then I did like a series of splat noises and just, you know, a motorcycle in the Astrodome and, you know, just all these weird imitations I sent it out. It was in San Antonio and I sent it out and uh, I actually started getting work. So I started doing voiceover for, uh, (laughs) for, uh, you know, for for commercials mostly. But then I, I also did uh, narration and uh, lots of narration, especially in Austin. So uh, for a good, good number of years, uh, about 10 years, I was in San Antonio working, doing voiceover there, Uh, there, Austin, sometimes went to Houston, Sometimes went to Dallas and then I moved to Dallas. So that's where Barney was. Nice. nice. Now I gotta ask, everyone loves you as the role of Barney, as you can see. Oh, shucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. How did he, how did that come to play? How did uh, uh, the audition? Um, well, it was kind of like any other audition at the time. Um, we had, I had done some, uh, I, you know, I did character voices and everything. My, my agent, of course, sold me for that. But, but also I had done some, uh, some walk around characters, you know, some body characters, some, 
kind of live puppet things. Uh, there was a, I had done some, some actual puppetry as well in, uh, at via metropolitan transit in San Antonio, there were the via puppets. It was a very, very beloved ad campaign for the bus, these bus puppets. It was great, but I had done this thing called the blaster for, uh, Humana hospital, medical city, Dallas. Mm-hmm. And he was a robot character and we went to, to elementary schools and we, you know, taught, taught kids about health and, you know, safety and all kinds of things like that. And so my agent, when uh, Dennis DeShazer, one of the producers on Barney, uh, called my agent and said, who, who do you have that might fit this, this character? You know, he's a kind of a jolly, lovable, fun, big dinosaur. And, you know, they were looking for somebody to do the body and and the voice and uh, Nancy Johnson, who was my agent there at the time said, I do, I have somebody for you. So <laughs> she said that, that, uh, you know, she sent me off to the audition and it was like a classic. It was like one of those classic movies from the 1940s where you see like an, an, an ad, a uh, talent agency or someplace. And there's all these people doing all kinds of juggling and the whatever in the, <laughs> and we were in this, I think it was at Katie Studios. They had one of their studios uh, where they had held the audition. There was just all these people in this room, uh, all kinds of different performers. But uh, we did the audition. We did, you know, I did some movement for them and I did the voice. And they, and a few days later, they had a callback. They said, okay, we'd like you to come in again. And so we went in and we did the, the callback. And they said to me, I believe it was there that they said to me, but they said, uh, you know, we, we really like your voice, but, but we've already started building the costume, which is not really the way it's supposed to be done, but they were kind of feeling their way along. And it turns out that I was too tall for the costume. Mm-hmm. At one, I couldn't fit into the costume they were already making. So they said, well, we'd like to have, we love your voice. So we're going to have you, we'd like to have you do the voice and have somebody else do the body as the, the puppeteer in the body. And so that was David Voss. David Voss got the job. And so that's how that happened. Uh, we went from there and started doing the the home videos first. Nice. Yeah. It was a lot gotta, of fun. Yes. I got to ask, did you ever get the I love you, you love me theme song stuck in your head on a like, <laughs> basis or anything like that? You know, a little bit of an earworm. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I didn't. The thing is that people thought that I had to sing it all the time, but I didn't. I, I actually didn't. They they recorded it one time. They would record it like one time per every every couple of years for the for the for the television series. I think we used the same recording of the I Love You for of I Love You for the PBS series probably for the first two seasons, and then the next or the first one or two, and then like the next when we recorded again for the next, and we used that for three seasons or something like that. So I did not. I didn't have to sing it over and over again. But there was a, uh, you know, and when we did live, uh, live performances, we would go, we had a, a kind of meet and greets and little uh, sing-alongs that we would do sometimes. We would travel, especially when we were doing uh, the, the PBS thing, we would go out and we would do uh, uh, pledge drives and stuff, mm-hmm. right, during pledge season. So we would sh- we would show up someplace and we would have CDs with us. Of course, whenever we travel, we would always take the CDs along. But so Barney's voice in the songs was always pre-recorded, and then in between I would talk live. So, so that's mm-hmm. how you know that's how that worked out. But nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. I got to ask now, what was your 
favorite episode of Barney that you can remember? Like, what was your favorite? Oh, wouldn't to do. Uh, there was there was a um, it's so tough because there were so many great ones. Uh, <laughs> we had so many great guests on. You know, Tommy DePala, uh, the late Tommy DePala. It's so sad that he's gone. Um, you know, Mother Goose comes along, and you know. And Stella, the storyteller, always loved those. Those was she was so much fun. Um, <laughs> uh, but but there was one that was really, I think, that that really kind of stood out just from the remembering the kind of look and feel of it. And that was, uh, I think, it was called Four Seasons in a Day, and yeah. um, and where we had you know Barney with you know uh, the kids' imagination took the kids through all four seasons. They talked about the things that happened and sang about it and everything and. And uh, the one, the greatest part was uh, the winter scenes where our fantastic set decoration people went through and covered the entire set in snow, in fake snow, snow, you know, like cotton batting or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and put all snow on the trees and, and everything looked so amazing and how look, how things look in the snow where everybody just kind of glows and, you know, that's everybody, all the cast looked great and it was just, and everybody's in their scarves and everything. Of course the kids are sweating underneath, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just, you know, it looked so great. It was just so, you know, it was kind of Christmassy, but you know, some of the, the, uh, the, the, the videos were great too, though. I mean, waiting Mm -hmm. for Santa was fun. And then, uh, Mm -hmm. like before Christmas and, you know, so many of those imagination Island, that was, Mm -hmm. that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just, I just watched that because we just babysat my little cousin in December and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take you to my childhood now. Like I, yeah, enough of this, enough of this, like, st- you know, enough of this, like those, uh, I can't remember what they're called now, but it's like the same thing where they just go through the alphabet and enti- the entire episode or yeah. something. Here's yeah. what I learned as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's really different now. I mean, um, that's one of the reasons why I think uh, Marty may have left the air is because they thought that, you know, keeping up with this new, this trend toward little tiny bite-sized things, you know, mm-hmm. and just keeping things. So, you know, the, what, one of the greatest things about Barney was that it was a half an hour and there was a story, there was a through line to the entire thing. Yeah. So, and little tiny kids would sit down and they would actually watch it for a whole half an hour. Mm-hmm. And teachers and parents said, we've never seen this before. You know, they usually don't have that much attention span. And so, I, you know, I wish that we had, we had kind of stuck with that half hour format. Of course, I was gone by the time the half hour format before the mm-hmm. half hour format ended. Um, but I think that, you know, if the show's brought back, I think they really need to think about having the, doing the half hour again. Yes. Yeah. Now, a question I want to ask you earlier, by the way, how did you develop Barney's voice? Like what, oh. <laughs> what was that process for you? Well, it's, um, Usually when you're doing something for a, a visual, a character that we're going to see, you're going to usually get uh, sketches, you know, um, whatever concept art they have, costumes and stuff. Uh, they'll give you pictures of the character and then they'll describe the character. Um, they'll say, you know, what his personality's like, whether he's, you know, super energetic or he's quiet or whatever. And uh, so that's what they did with Barney. And they said, you know, he's this great big dinosaur, but he's really lovable. And he's fun. And, you know, he's just uh, he's just somebody you want to hang out with. And so uh, I came up with the voice that uh, the, the voice that I did in PBS on the on the PBS series is really close to the voice that I originally came up with in the audition. Um, 
And so that's kind of, that's what I did. And, but when they brought me on for the videos, uh, the very, well, before we started the videos, they said, well, we'd kind of like to bring him down in your range and make him a little bit bigger because, you know, he's a, he's a dinosaur and we want him to be, to sound, to sound big and, and, you know, more like a T-Rex. Mm -hmm. So we brought him down in my range for the, the videos and then, uh, realized, and I had said, you know, I think we need to, we really need to keep him up higher because a lower voice is, can be a little bit scary to kids. You know, it's a higher voice is tend tends to be more inviting and, you know, fun. And, and so, uh, over time they, they came to agree with me and they, and we brought it back up again. So in the first, you know, in the, like, I guess the last video and the very first season or the first half of the first season of, uh, of PBS, he was kind of in transition. And then we found the sweet spot at, I, I guess, somewhere in the second season, I think, but, yeah. but yeah, he's, you know, he, he needed to, he needed to be a little happier, you know, yeah. little yeah. instead of this guy. Hi, Tina. Oh my. <laughs> that was just, you know, <laughs> a little bit too much, but <laughs> this guy, he's much more friendly. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. I was just about to ask, could you give us a little demonstration of the voices? Demonstration? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> oh. Hi, there, Nick. Hi there, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. <laughs> I haven't seen you in ages. It's true. Oh, uh -huh. man. Yeah. <laughs> too much fun. Uh -huh. Sorry if we've got a little noise in the apartment here. We've got people banging on things downstairs. There's no insulation, sound insulation here, so. We're fine, you. There's a chance okay. you might hear a yellow lab barking in my background every now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not here yet. Yep. So we're <laughs> all good. So on top of Barney, you also do Chuck E. Cheese voices. As yes, well. I did. Yes. 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 Yeah, Can you tell was, us about those? I'm sorry. Could you tell us a little bit about those? Oh yeah, uh, Jasper and Pasquale at Chuck E. Cheese. Let's see. We've got Jasper T. Giles. He's the banjo playing dog. How you doing, everybody? Oh, it's great to see you. And then we've also got Pasquale. He's the Italian tenor. How are you? It's so good to see everybody today. Buongiorno. Hey. And Pasquale's the guy who makes all the pizzas. That's right. Ooh. I'm at the pizza chef, and my pizzas are the best. That's right. <laughs> they are the best. They're so good that adults will sit through Chuck E. Cheese, like sit through all the noise at Chuck E. Cheese. Just to have a slice of pizza, you know? <laughs> have the pizza. That's right. Yeah. A lot of people really like the pizza there. It's, yeah. uh, you know, some people, some people, they'll, you know, they'll trash on it. But, but a lot, yeah. lots of people love it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved right. it. My sister hated chicken and cheese because of all the noise, all the rack <laughs> and all that stuff. But anytime me and my little brother would go, she would tell me, bring me back a slice of that pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring me back a slice of that pizza. Yeah. There's people who, uh, who contact me, you know, fans contact me on, uh, on, on Facebook and, and, uh, who are Chuck E. Cheese fans. And we talk about the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. a big, that's a big subject. Yes. <laughs> yes. So how did you develop the voices for both of those characters? Well, kind of, the, kind of the same thing. They, they describe the character. Um, and they said, we're, you know, we're, ch we're changing, you know, it was, vo it was this thing called uh, concept unification, you know, the two different, uh, stores, the, the uh, Chuck E. Cheese and the Showbiz Pizza stores 
were being put together and they were going to put the same show into all of the stores. So they, they settled on the, the Chuck E. Cheese characters rather than the, the rock and fire explosion guys. And, um, and so we, um, you know, we were given just descriptions and, and images and stuff. And as I recall, uh, I was sent, I was sent a ta- or I was sent this information while I was, I think I was still in San Antonio. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I was considering moving to Dallas and I had a, there was a, uh, uh my agent there, uh, Nancy Johnson at, at a different agency at the time, but she told me about this gig and we went in and we recorded, um, some cassettes, which we sent off to Chuck E. Cheese corporate, which is just down the road in Irving, Texas. Was, um, and I think they were hoping to get somebody local, but they were also auditioning people in Los Angeles. And so some of the people I was up against were some pretty heavy hitters in animation voices and such. Uh, don't recall names right now, but, but, um, did those auditions and, and, uh, and sure enough came back and they said, we'd like you to do both Jasper and Pasquale. And, uh, then we started recording after that. It was really, the early days were really great because they put a lot of time and effort and, uh, into the production of the shows. Um, you know, they've always done their own music, you know, the bring in professional musicians and, you know, it's these great arrangements and everything. It was really amazing. We would take three days to record just the vocals, uh, for each show. And, uh, you know, we did Beatles songs and Beach Boys songs with these complex harmonies and everything. And boy, that was just a joy to work on. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd your throat feel afterwards? <laughs> well, we couldn't work too many hours a day. I think we probably recorded. I think we did about four, four to six hours, generally about four. And then uh, because you can't, yeah, you can't do too much. Yeah. Although, you know, if you get, if you develop, one of the things about developing a character is you try to develop it uh, in a place with a placement that's not a strain. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we picked Barney back up because it wasn't so much of a strain on my voice. Um, so if you do it right, you know, you can, you can maintain it for hours at a time and not have to worry too much about it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Going back to Barney, you know, we live kind of in a world today where it seems like there's a little too much negativity, you know, for example, like all the election stuff that just happened or yeah. going on with this virus, you know, just things where it seems like you walk down the street and say hi to the first person you pass. And maybe there's a good chance you might get greeted with a profanity or something. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. But um, in, in going into like your Barney mindset, how do you think Barney would have us spread more kindness and positivity today? Well, I think, you know, uh, not just in the, in the current environment, but always, I think it's just, we have to put ourselves in other people's shoes. We have mm-hmm. to say, you know, this person might be having a bad day, or even if they disagree with us on something, you know, they're still a person and, mm-hmm. and treating somebody badly is not the way to come to agreement on really on anything. I mean, we have to, we have to have a certain level of respect for everyone. I mean, we, even people who've done bad things, they're still human beings and there's still some measure of humanity we have to treat them with. You know, we, if they are being punished for something, then, you know, they're, they're doing their, their, their time in prison or whatever. They're still human beings. 
Mm -hmm. uh, it's over and over again. We show, we have seen that treating others as though they are disposable or as though they're less than human is it's just, just creates more damage and more anger and more hate. And so we just have to take a deep breath. And even though it might be a little scary to accept others as they are and to just kind of maybe help a bit <laughs> that uh, we really have to treat each other as, as uh, genuinely as human beings and understand that, you know, they're, they're people as well. Yes. Love it. Love it. Everyone is human. Everyone, like you said, makes mistakes. Everyone does this, but yeah. it's how we react to it. I love yeah. that advice. Love that advice. On top of your voiceover work, you also do a little bit of graphic design, don't you? I do. Um, lately, it's been a uh, majority of my of my time has been taken doing uh, graphic design for television and film. Mm. Uh, since, oh gosh, 90, 1995, I started, 1995 or so, I started doing graphic design for film and then uh, also moved into television. And the last, last 15 to 18 years or so, I've done lots of television and film. And uh, really full time over the last probably five years, I guess. Um, and lots of, you know, pretty good variety of shows. Um, everything from way back when to, uh, it, you know, Angel, the Buffy spinoff to 90210, to Brothers and Sisters to, uh, oh, what else? Shameless. I did their pilot, as I recall. Um, and more recently, I worked on I worked on the Muppets on ABC. Ooh which was awesome because I had a, a great little uh, reunion with a couple of the, the puppeteers that I had met mm. before while I was working on Barney, uh, Peter Lins and Alice Deneen, two puppeteers that I had met when we, re when we did the uh, kids for character video. Uh, when we went to uh, universal studios Florida and shot that there and I met them and I hadn't seen them in, it had been like 15 years and I just walked up to them and on the soundstage and said, hello. And it's like, ah, you know? Yeah. Pretty funny. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, you know, we did the Muppets and then we did, I've done um, uh, Single Parents and I also Ooh. did Speechless, which was an amazing show to work on. Fantastic breakthrough show. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't um, seen Single Parents and love it. Yeah, it was really hilarious. Uh, sadly, Single Parents got canceled. So did Speechless. Uh, these things happen. But Speechless right. was, Speechless was really amazing because uh, it was really, it was a total breakthrough in terms of, of uh, showing people with disabilities in a realistic way and not marginalizing them and making, or making them some kind of a mascot or just a side character or something. Not Hollywoodizing them, you know? Yeah, this, yeah, this, you know, this show was like uh, the lead character, one of the lead characters, the, the son, the teenage son has uh, cerebral palsy and, and is played by an actor with cerebral palsy. And uh, yeah, all the things that a family uh, has to deal with, with someone with that kind of disability, they just addressed it with unflinchingly. And yet it was a comedy and it was so funny. <laughs> it was, it was just this really this bright spot, I think on yeah. television for, uh, for the seasons that it was on, it was just amazing. Um, and yes. kind of an honor to work on. Really yes. was. And it's those differences. Like, you know, there's the comedy, like I always, you know, October is Dwarfism Awareness Month for me. So I always say, like, there are those shows like The Little Couple that show the true form of dwarfism. And then there are the shows like on MTV where it shows a little person getting 
kicked across the room or something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, what are you going to believe more? It's the genuine shows like that that can you can find the sense of humor, but it's not because someone's being punched across the room like an yeah. object or yeah. someone being stereotyped or like, you know, like, oh, he has um, something, you know, like he has uh, Down syndrome, so he can only speak this way or something yeah. like that. I've met, yeah. I've met some very high functional um, people with Down syndrome. One of them yeah. was, one of them became a friar. You know, and it was very inspirational to hear their story, to hear how they had all these different stories and everything like they had. Yeah. Well, just- it's like it's like what I uh, what I tend to say is that, you know, people talk about the autism spectrum mm-hmm. and I try to I try to talk about as well. In addition to that, the it, just the human spectrum. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody is somewhere on this great big spectrum of humanity and ability and disability is kind of a relative thing. And sometimes disability in one way is has nothing to do with the rest of your life a lot of times. And, mm-hmm. you know, so people, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of, uh, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of ignorance and some fear because of that. And just exposure to folks who are different from us is such a, uh, such an important thing. Um, and I, th- I think that, uh, that, you know, there's a lot more inclusiveness happening in television and film now. And there are, you know, there are some incentives going on in the industry to include, uh, you know, people of all different ethnicities and different abilities and everything in and genders and and orientations and everything in television shows and behind the camera, you know, cast and crew. And I think that's really important. And it's really great that we're moving ahead like that. Um, and there's a lot of work, to, a lot of work left to do, but it's it's good to see progress. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, part of being inclusive, part of being everything you just told, it's kind of like it's, it feels like to be a buddy to someone, you know, to be that yeah. buddy when someone's being, and when someone's down, when someone's like you described, someone's having a bad day, or if someone is that odd man in the crowd, you know, yeah. if someone is that, you know, they're being mocked for something they have no control over. Yeah. Well, How being, we, you know, being the odd person in the crowd, I, I can tell you, I, I've never been one for parties. I've always been tough. Parties have always been tough for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, and I think that's just my wiring, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, and it's always great, especially, I mean, it's like, if it's a party with somebody where I know everybody, it's generally not a problem. But if if it's a whole bunch of people I don't know, and especially if I'm there by myself, it's really tough and I'll probably leave early. (laughs) But if I have a buddy, if I have a wingman there (laughs) or a wingwoman, with me, it's a lot easier for me to get through. Yeah. And that's just one of the things about being a buddy is just being there for people. Yes. You, know, you don't have to necessarily do a lot. It's just to be there it's for somebody to know that you are there for them. You yes. Know? It makes a big difference. That's a perfect way to describe what a buddy is. Yeah. Perfect, perfect way. So, you know, another part of being a buddy, I don't call my people guests, I call them buddies, is being charitable. So, I want to ask you if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Well, first of all, I never narrow it down to one charity. I think mm-hmm. it's important that that we understand that there are so many issues and so many things that need to be taken care of and so many different, you know, so many different kinds of uh, the issues that uh, 
that are in need of funding, whether it's from medical research to the environment to uh, there's so much, so much going on that uh, I think that we need to find it for each one of us. I think we need to figure out what the issue is that appeals to us the most. And, you know, if we're going to concentrate on one, then I would say concentrate on that one. But I would say as well that it's a good thing to investigate lots of different charities. And the one thing that I do is I go to Charity Navigator uh, and I check out the ratings of the different charities before I give anything to them. And it's got, they've got a great system. It's kind of like a four star system and it's, the rating is very scientific and they, you know, they talk about transparency and responsibility and how they're spending their money. Mm. But so I use, I kind of use that partially. And I also, but I also tend to lean toward things that are um, human rights based and environment based. Um, one of the probably one of the, the you know, the, I guess there's a, there's a handful of environmental, uh, well, hand, more than a handful, but mm -hmm. uh, environmental uh, charities that I give to one would be uh, American Rivers, which does a lot of great work in um, in dam decommissioning, mm -hmm. which means they pull down dams that are damaging the environment that have just been sitting there, you know, blocking uh, the natural flow of the river, which really damages the environment. They're involved in that and river cleanup. And then there's things like Earth Justice. Earth Justice is a uh, an organization that's mostly involved in legal uh, efforts to stop um, polluters and to make sure that uh, agencies like the EPA are doing the right thing when it comes to making regulations. And so they'll file lawsuits against companies that are polluting and they'll, or they'll, you know, stop some rollback of regulations. We've seen a lot of that over the last four years of rollback of environmental regulations. And they've have a very good record of going into court and saying, okay, here's the science. This is why it needs to, you know, we need to protect this stuff. And that's the thing is that, you know, the environment is not something separate from us. The environment is, we are part of the environment, you know, human beings live in the environment. We're part of this great big machine that is planet earth. Mm -hmm. All of the, everything works together, you know, everything evolved together. And if the rest of the planet dies, then we're done, you know, so we have to keep it healthy because not just for the long for the short term, but for the long term as well. So mm -hmm. uh, that, and, um, you know, human rights issues, uh, Anywhere in the world, uh, freedom of the press as well. Um, when journalists are being attacked, that's a problem. And uh, and so, you know, that's but for, you know, but that's just me. And I mean, other people are going to have, you know, someone may have uh, a cancer survivor or someone who died from cancer in their family and they may want to contribute to, uh, you know, American cancer or something. So <laughs> it's all up. It's a personal choice. Yes, 100%. And everyone has the right to choose. Yeah. And uh, to take a brief pause here and just throw in a little advertisement, we actually have coming up tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have what we call Buddy Aid, which is our monthly charity show. We do a variety. We have a variety of magicians, different acts. I might do a little comedy here and there. Cool. And um, this month, I'm glad that this guy is on our air. This is the CEO of Happy Bark, which is going to be the organization that we are sponsoring. 
you know um we, yep we are sponsoring happy bark this or tomorrow it's a local rescue shelter which which i love about happy bark my sister's involved in it and it's a shelter for dogs but instead of just putting them in a you know in a kennel and just waiting for someone to come and adopt them they give them to a foster home for the first time though right. so you'll actually like they'll give someone like you a dog to live in your house just for the time being while they're going through the adoption process right. and then, so the dog already has a loving home to begin with that's great and then when they find the right people when they find the right match that's when they go in and the dog continues to have a loving home it's not just a put them in a shelter and the first come first serve yeah. you know that just puts them on a leash in the backyard and just forgets about them and sometimes the foster parents end up being the the, the forever parents too mm-hmm. i know Ooh. people have done that many of the times we've had to talk my sister out of adopting <laughs> one of your foster dogs you know <laughs> you many already have 12 dogs <laughs> many of the times i've had to talk myself out of adopting one of <laughs> you can't afford it nick you can't afford it you can't afford it, you can't afford it. so but hopefully down the road one day you know yeah yes so I wanted to ask you one more question and you can answer this in two ways. Cause I want to hear Barney's advice too. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> this is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Uh Oh, what is your advice to anyone who wants to do the line of work that you're doing? Like voiceover work or being a beloved children's character, like being that iconic children's character. Well, the very first thing, if we're talking about doing voiceover, uh, the very first thing you have to do is become an actor. Uh, a voice actor is first and foremost an actor. And you have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to kind of have to be able to do on camera stuff as well, because using your body is kind of part of doing voice acting as well. Um, but interp, in other words, understanding how to interpret uh, the copy that you're given, the script that you're mm-hmm. given, you're reading is really important. Uh, if you have poor English skills, if you have poor or, or language skills, whatever language your your is your first language, uh, and if you have difficulty in in uh, kind of understanding what the intent of the script is, then you need to work on that. Uh, that's one of the very first things. Um, working on you know finding finding a, an acting coach, whether it's generally you know finding a local acting coach can be, can be okay. Depends on which market you're in. If you're in a larger market like Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, it's going to be easier to find really good co- coaching. Uh, smaller markets, it might be a little tougher, but right now, of course, everybody's doing the tele tele learning thing, the distance learning thing. So you can find uh, coaching online and do that. But um, there are one of the things that a lot of people, the mistakes that a lot of people make is that they think that if they, they can imitate one character or two characters that they're going to be a voice artist, a voice actor. And that's not really the way it works. You really have to be an actor first. And if you can do character voices, then that's a plus. And if you want to specialize in character voices, then that's great too. But you also have to be able to do the other kinds of acting as well. The other kinds of voice acting as well. You need to be able to do narration, and so, you know, if somebody brings you a script for, say, uh, networking, you know, and, and routers from, you know, some big electronics corporation, 
you should be able to read that and read it intelligently and make it understandable. Um, and if somebody bring uh, somebody has a, a commercial they want you to do in a guy next door or girl next door, door voice, you know, some friendly reading, you should be able to do that. Now, there are voice actors who are going to tell you that uh, or and coaches who will tell you that you should find your signature sound. And that is for generally for doing commercial work. And, you know, you find kind of something that that is a kind of a popular sound that is unique to you as well. And that's that can be important to sell to sell yourself in, the, in whatever market you're working in. Mm-hmm. But getting all that together, then then putting together a demo tape, a demo, a demo a re- recording now digital um, and getting that out to agents. Uh, that's an important step. Of course, these days you can, if you want to go to uh, one of the online voice acting um, hiring sites and put yourself up there and get and get work as well. But I always encourage people to to join the union if they can at all, if at all possible, because you got to remember that if you're not union, that you're not going to get any benefits and you're not going to have health care and you're not going to have a lot of things. So if you can join the union and if you're really serious about it, you should move to a market where union, there's enough union work to make a living. But of course, these days people do both non-union and union work and that's another subject. But um, just looking into all the small things that you have to do to become a professional, there are, there are books out there on how to get started and you know, it's, it's a bigger subject than I can cover right now. So, uh, but reading the books, uh, going online and searching for how to get into voice acting, that sort of thing. That's very helpful. But, but, uh, but becoming an actor first, that's, that's the thing. That's really the thing that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Now, my final question for you today is what is Barney's advice for the world today? Well, Barney's advice for the world today is um, remember that we're all in this together and that if we're not here for each other, then why are we here? It's really the reason we are here because we're here for each other and, you know, and to be, and to be somebody's buddy, to be uh, a buddy to as many people as you can. Love it. Love it. In keeping with your theme. It's true. Yes. Yes. And that was going to be, that was going to, that's going to come up later, but I got one more favorite to ask you. You think you could end us out on the song? What song would that be? <laughs> Let me think. Hmm. I think so. All right, everybody. If you're watching, maybe you can sing along. If you know these words, I think this guy knows the words. Yes, they do. <laughs> All right, here we go. I love you. You love me. We're best friends like friends should be with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? Oh boy, oh boy. Thanks, everybody. That was beautiful. And I think you half of our viewers back to their childhood. So, <laughs> little time warp. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was an honor to meet you and such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I had fun. Yes. Glad to hear it. And I have just one more thing to ask you to do tonight. What's that? Go be someone's buddy.
I will. <laughs> hey, for all my Thanks. buddies out there, this is Bob West, my new buddy, and the voice of Barney and all those Chuck E. Cheese characters. Thank you again for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. We all loved you, and we will catch you all next time here on your favorite show, BuddyCast. Remember, stick around for a minute. So, But we'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before.